You're listening to Ready to Real Estate, a TREB podcast. Hear stories, uncover insights, and tune into interviews on key issues that impact realtors and all of us. Join us as we discover how people, properties, and communities all come together to build the future of real estate. Now here's our host, Jason Mercer. Hi, everyone. It's Jason Mercer, TREB's Chief Market Analyst, and welcome back. It's a new year and a new season for our podcast, so I think it's appropriate to discuss the current market environment and how COVID-19 has impacted our industry. That being said, we couldn't have asked for a better guest for this first episode of the new season. Today, I'll be speaking with Lisa Patel, the President of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board. Lisa took office amid the pandemic, so we have lots to talk about. Then we sure do. Good morning, Jason. And hello, everybody. Uh, excited to be here and share some insights because we are talking some, about some hot topics today. We're going to have a great discussion. I'm excited. I hope you are. And we're talking about what's happening in the real estate market and how COVID-19 has impacted the industry and real estate activity in the GTA. And I think that's a good place to start. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, thinking back, it seems like forever ago that, uh, you know, we, we first had the uh, worldwide pandemic uh, acknowledged by the World Health Organization and then the, you know, volatility that we saw in the marketplace through the, the, the spring. So, you know, 2020 was a year like I haven't seen before in the housing market and, and really seen, you know, uh, uh, in, in any of our lifetimes, I'd argue. So, um, you know, maybe you want to touch upon, you know, both, I guess, the stats that we reported through through Treb's MLS system in 2020, but you know, obviously, as a as a realtor working with clients on a day to day basis, sort of, you know, what you saw on the ground, so to speak, uh, as we move through 2020. Absolutely. And well said. I, I mean, it's a year that none of us will ever forget. And some touch points actually from the December market watch, if we go back, let's think about we've got we had a halt in the marketplace um, in terms of market activity in mid-March. Half of the year hit records. Home sales soared back to record levels in, in the summer, fall, and winter. And of course, and believe it or not, 2020 was the third best result on record. We should also discuss what really fueled and sustained the housing market recovery and ultra low borrowing costs, um, of course, that enhanced the use of technology through virtual open houses and showings clearly accounted for moving our economy forward. Year over year sales growth was strongest in the GTA regions, including Toronto, particularly single family homes. And when looking at the average selling price, a new record was hit. Incredible, nearly 930,000. The strongest average price growth was experienced for the single-family homes and in suburban regions across the GTA. But let's dig a little deeper and chat about the condo market and the current months of inventory for condos. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, it's an important point because while, you know, we saw, you know, that, that steep drop-off during the spring and then, you know, a record rebound as we move through the summer and fall. Um, it, it's easy to forget that, you know, how things unfolded um, wasn't uniform across the board, whether you're talking about home type. So, you know, low rise homes like detached and semis and towns versus condominium apartments, or whether you're talking about parts of the GTA. But, you know, I really think that condo story uh, is one that stood out um, over the past year. And it's interesting because, you know, even, as or even before we we moved into the COVID period, so thinking about the end of 2019 and, and first quarter of 2020, 
um, you know, we're already starting to see a better supplied condo market than what we'd been used to over the previous couple of years. And, and so we were seeing more, seeing more investors, you know, both listing their units for sale uh, in the ownership market, but also seeing more investors also um, listing units uh, uh, for rent. And I think, you know, there's a few factors that, uh, that fed into that. Number one, obviously, condo owners have experienced very strong price growth. Um, over the last uh, over the last number of years, and so you know they benefited on paper from substantial uh, uh, growth in, in the value of their assets. So that on its own can prompt people to sell. But then on top of that, obviously, um, you know we are seeing uh, the prospect of, of new regulations around. Uh, investor-held units, whether you're talking about new restrictions on short-term rental units, Airbnb and what have you, or whether you're talking about the prospect of a vacancy tax, both of which, you know, present less flexibility for investors. And so I'd argue that some of them were doing one of two things. They were looking to sell their unit and, and take advantage of those paper gains, or B, they're looking to sort of reposition their unit in the marketplace, potentially from the short-term rental market um, into, you know, the more traditional rental market. And that sort of situation situation only compounded as we moved into COVID-19 because not only did you have investors already um, you know starting to, to to push a little bit more supply both into the ownership and rental market then you start to see the actual demand for rental drop off just like we saw in the ownership market at least for those months as we went through the uh, the, the spring and and so that certainly prompted you know more listings uh, in the condominium apartment market and then I'd argue the final thing that added to that is people started to move around in the market so if I was an owner occupier of a condo um, and all of a sudden I see that, you know, my job situation is looking pretty good, uh, uh, COVID notwithstanding. And, and I'm, 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 you know, pretty convinced that I'm going to continue to see my income stream coming in on a regular basis moving forward. Now, maybe I want to take advantage of those record low interest rates, sell my condominium apartment and move into something different, some type of low rise housing, perhaps maybe in the city of Toronto, maybe in a region further out because I'm, I'm getting used to working from home now and, and, and feel I could do that in a larger space, you know, further from the downtown core. So that kind of scenario started to play itself out as well. And I think that impacted, you know, listings in the condo market. So much better supply. If you're looking to buy a condo or looking to rent a condo, you certainly benefited from a lot more choice and were able to be more aggressive in terms of your, your offers, both in terms of, uh, of, of asking prices and, uh, and also uh, rents. But it's important to point out that the listing story, that's what's you know, been in the news a lot, but it's important to point out that on a year over year basis, the demand for both condominium ownership units and condominium rental units was up on a year over year basis as we move through the second half um, of the year. Uh, and so, you know, I think moving forward, as we start to see immigration pick up again and, and population growth pick up in general, um, you know, you're going to see renewed demand for those units, um, not unlike what we're seeing sort of in the pre-COVID period. And, and we're, seeing, we're seeing some of that right now, too, Jason. I and I mean, the, the condo market is really cut, driving itself back up. And I, I can say, being on the streets, that we do see multiple offers coming back even on, yep. on, that, on that segment. Uh, but as we also know, things are still mostly virtual to interact with clients other than showing with appointments. Uh, tips on buying and selling your home during a pandemic, appraisals and home inspections are guiding the transaction differently. 
the importance of working with a realtor and the resources available to help you find or sell a home. Moving from the downtown core and buying in suburban areas are to optimize living space. And that's something that we've seen throughout that pandemic is people really evaluating how they live and what's important to them anymore. Lots to digest, Jason, as to what's going on in the condo market. And of course, that still lots of opportunity. I mean, being on the ground, I can say that the condo market is is rebounding on its own. I mean, I've seen multiple offers come back to condos. So that really is a strong indication that lifestyle is still very important. And people are really valuing you know, what's important to them in terms of space and how they live. And of course, I think that's a, a big factor. And as we know that, you know, showings are mostly virtual and being virtual, except for the the in-person appointment uh, segment. And, and that we're, we're seeing a strong demand in too, where people are actually wanting to see properties and, and make sure it's the right fit. And of course, there's also tips on buying and selling your home during a pandemic um, and appraisals and home inspections, which is a whole other sector, but very interesting how the dynamics of that's being taken place through the pandemic and even currently now. Um, and as for as for are you guiding the transaction differently and and we are and we're seeing that even um, on my level I can say that absolutely um, and how we go through this pandemic is always going to be the interesting point yeah I, I agree and and you know just 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 sort of thinking about what you just said I mean it's easy to say look at we're right back on track we have the third best year on record in in in, in, in 2020 so you know we're, we're right back where we were in terms of the you know, the demand for ownership housing the demand for rental housing but you know on, on on paper that may be the case and if someone were to look back and look at a chart of the the gta real estate market in in, in 2020 they'd say wow nothing happened but it, in reality you know in order for those transactions to take place like so much had to happen in, in such a short period of time so you know just thinking about the economy broadly we saw over the course of you know less than a month we moved you know a huge number of sectors of the economy from the bricks and mortar office to the home office and at the same time we had realtors working with clients both looking to sell and 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 buy homes that all of a sudden didn't have that in-person option anymore or at least that in-person option was substantially different um, than, than what they are used to. And so, you know, to the credit uh, of, of the real estate industry and, 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 and realtors in, in general, you know, they adapted very, very quickly and, and uh, got used to working with, with new technologies. And, and that's always been a trade, I'd argue, of realtors because, you know, uh, picking up new technology in terms of working with their clients and what have you is, as, uh, you know, has always been something. We've seen that at our past events, like, real realtor quest where where technology and the use of technology is is always at the at the forefront and so you know that was able to be put into practice in a big way um and certainly supported a lot of the real estate transactions that we saw moving through 2020. absolutely couldn't agree with you more jason on that so it's interesting lisa like you know we, we've talked about you know realtors coming online with new technology and and, and that obviously you know underpinning you know, a lot of the, the, the transactions and listings that were reported throughout um, 2020. But, you know, as, as, as a working realtor that, that's worked with both buyers and sellers over the past year, maybe take us through sort of a typical scenario about, you know, uh, the differences, you know, showing a house uh, today um, versus, say, you know, this time in, in, uh, in, in, in 2020 in the pre-COVID period. 
You know, it uh, absolutely. Um, you know, when we think about showings today, we're we're looking at the best interest for our clients as well as ourselves. So we're trying to make sure that everybody is safe throughout this process. And I got to give it to realtors. You know, especially our trap members. You know, thank you for being out there and practicing safety and making it your highest concern. And of course, with that in mind, I mean, we're we're making sure that showings are not overlapped, number one. And uh, it, in between those, those, those sessions that people are going through, those, those appointments, that, that there's cleaning being done in homes or condos or whatever it may be that you're showing. And of course, ourselves, we're making sure that we've got, you know, wearing the proper PPE going into homes, um, you know, ensuring that lights and everything are already stay on as we, as we, uh, and so that there's limited touching. And if anybody's going to touch anything, you know, that we're using a, a sanitized wipe in the process. So we're trying to maximize as much as we possibly can um, with as, as well as staying socially distanced from our clients throughout the process. Yeah, so a lot of things to consider. So again, it's been a real transition over the course of, uh, you know, at, at this point, really less than a year. Uh, you know, we've seen. The, I have the to tell you, Jason, really though, the one of the biggest, the, 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 the ones that's getting hard to get used to. I mean, there's homes that you walk in and then you, you, you know, you're, you're ready to walk out. But the sure. 15 minute showings uh, <laughs> have been yeah. have been a challenge, especially working with even new buyers and into the marketplace and, yeah. and trying to get them through the home because they want to see everything. And and, it, and it's like, okay, let's let's like stick to the virtual tools and really try to maximize our time so that we're in and out uh, as efficiently and safely as possible. <laughs> do, do you find that sort of the take up of the virtual tools, like, is there sort of a divide from a demographic perspective or are you seeing sort of across the board that people are getting used to that? So, you know, whether it's someone buying their fourth house and maybe they're more in the retirement age versus a, a younger first time buyer are, are are they both amenable to, to using the virtual tools generally or? It's an adjustment, I will tell you. And even um, even like, I'll give you an example. I have a first time buyer right now. And even though they've seen it online, um, they're, they're still, they're still very much want to see it in person. So I think it's it's the experience that goes with it. Um, so I think that's the challenge. I mean, we can wrap ourselves and imagine ourselves in, in places. Uh, and of course, it's it's also a different aspect until you actually energetically feel it and see it. <laughs> so it's, it's a combination. And I think that overall, the population has adopted, um, adopted to the world that we're living in and the way that we're living in, in terms of interactive tools, really embracing it as best as they can yeah i tend to agree and and you know and 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 i think we can expand that point that you just made about you know sort of the the the, the adoption of of you know this this new way of, of living this new way of conducting business to a lot of other sectors of the economy and and, and we're lucky you know i i think to a certain degree if, if we had been in this situation the covid situation a decade ago you know the the follow from from it would have been so much worse than than you know what we experienced over the past year because you know we were able to to take advantage of of uh, of technology but you know there still are some sectors of the economy um, that very much are person to person and I think you know those are the areas that we're really looking and 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 hoping to see that improvement 
you know, as we move into, into 2021. So, you know, whether you're talking about the hospitality sector or sort of the in-person entertainment sector and restaurants and, and that type of thing. I mean, it's, it's that sort of segment that we're, that we're still missing. I mean, we've clawed back a lot of, you know, uh, the, 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 the downturn that we saw in the spring of 2020, but there's still that gap and that gap is all in those sort of person to person sectors. And I think, you know, that'll be important to see turn around. And I believe it'll turn around very quickly. Um, you know, once we see widespread vaccination uptake, both in, in Canada, um, and, and, and abroad. Um, and, and, and you're certainly... absolutely right. Even our, our partner affiliations um, believe the same thing. In speaking with some of our partners, uh, associations like Florida the other day, yep. uh, they had mentioned the same thing. Yeah, because I mean, you think of a, an economy like Florida's and, and even the GTA. I mean, you know, we got a really diversified economy, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that depend on that sort of tourist trade that depend on people, you know, going out and, and having dinner on the weekends and, and that type of thing. And, and uh, so, you know, it, it's been a struggle. Um, and, and certainly, you know, from my perspective, I think there is light at the end of the tunnel as we move through, especially the second half of, 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 of 2021. Um, but that'll be sort of the, I think the sector to watch those sectors that, that, you know, haven't been able to just by their nature take advantage of technology. As let's, as let's not call it a tunnel anymore. Let's just hope that there's light somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I agree. But yeah, you uh, you touched on, um, you know, what's to come. So if we think back, I mean, we just talked about low interest rates, employment rates, uh, jobs, uh, COVID-19 and how it relates to housing and, of course, resumption of immigration. So some really heavy topics that really uh, impacted our world over the course of 2020 into 2021. 2015. Um, we've we've produced our market year in review and outlook report, and it's been multifaceted. I mean, obviously, from Treb's perspective, we've talked about you know the year that's just passed, and 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 it's no different this year with obviously lots to talk about, um, and and also looking forward. You know, what do we expect to see in terms of sales and listings, and and those two influencing each other and 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 uh, uh, pushing price in a certain direction. And so we'll have outlooks for for all of those key indicators, and and we'll actually you'll be coming again with, uh, um, you know, the latest consumer polling results from uh, from Ipsos. And we have a, you know, a great sort of uh, time series now where we can really see how consumer intentions have changed over time as you move through different periods of the economy, including COVID-19. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to continue to track uh, consumer sentiment in that regard. It'll also be interesting to, you know, unveil some some new research uh, um, continuing on that same theme of, of housing supply or lack thereof. And, you know, we have Urban Strategies is going to present um, new and innovative ways that, you know, we can see missing middle housing uh, being built both in, in, you know, the dense urban core, but also the surrounding suburban areas of the, of the greater Toronto area. Um, we're also going to have, you know, feedback from Mortgage Professionals Canada, you know, talking about the, the year that just passed in terms of, you know, what we're seeing in the, in the lending environment and, and also talking about, you know, hot topics like mortgage deferrals and what have you. And as you said, um, 
Jason, missing middle research. You know, this is the big question that surrounds all of our minds every single day is what is it going to take to be able to like the demand for housing, firstly, and secondly, uh, the, the need and, and thinking about the future of, of where we live and how that impacts so many people. So to all of those, to all of you realtors out there, what you do every day plays such a critical role. And this report is going to be so helpful in understanding some of those dynamics of course and as jason touched on the mortgage industry market outlook and of course jason i'm looking forward to your report with the survey results that's going to be exciting to see uh, you know come in comparison from 2020 to 2021 what are people saying in terms of intentions of home buying so lots of amazing things to look out for and of course in get stay tuned because you are also we're going to be releasing that interactive website that highlights uh the key to that report the keys to that report and where you'll be able to digest the latest insight in just a few scrolls so pretty exciting yeah it's going to be great and 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 certainly from the perspective of you know the missing middle housing and and uh and, and, and what we're seeing in, in, in that regard, I mean, you know, you've been involved in a lot of, uh, um, you know, meetings with, with different levels of government talking about the need for more housing supply and a greater diversity of housing supply. I have too, and certainly a lot of our volunteer committee members that, uh, that work on our, our government relations committee, um, you know. Uh, and let's add in there also our, our uh, government relations task force, a new one. 100%. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's important. And, and, and Treb's always been there to, to work with, uh, you know, policymakers at, at different levels of government. Um, and, you know, if we were having this discussion five, six, seven years ago, um, you know, the, the traction on the need for more housing supply just wasn't there back in that period of time. But, you know, as we've been, you know, beating the drum on the need for more supply over time, you know, I think policymakers get it. And the next step is to move from, you know, sort of the, the policy making and reporting process to actually getting shovels in the ground on a greater diversity of housing. And so that certainly should be the goal, um, you know, as we look forward, not only in 2021, but, you know, over the next uh, decade. Jason Mercer, honestly, I love having these talks with you. I gain so much more every single time. And I can't tell you enough how much even our association appreciates it. Thank you very much and stay safe, everyone. That's it for us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media and visit our website, treb.ca. That's T-R-R-E-B.ca to find market insights and more. This has been another episode of Ready to Real Estate, and thank you for tuning in. Thank you.